This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS Radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there, too. Welcome to HITS Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today I'm coming to you about a week, week and a half before HITS 2022 in Orlando. So we're all getting geared up. Everybody here at HITS K9, we're getting real geared up for our big event in uh, Orlando. We have about, um, I think right now we're at around 1,300 handlers registered. So we still have room. If uh, you're listening to this, even at this late date, you can still uh, get registered and you can still join everybody. So we always make sure we pick large hotels, large enough to accommodate everybody who wants to come. We have well over uh, about 100 vendor booths, and uh, we have people from lots of different countries attending. So it's going to be our biggest one yet, and we're actually uh, very excited about it. We didn't know what to expect uh, after all this COVID mess, and it seems like everybody's ready to get out and get back to doing some uh, HITS training with us. So we couldn't be any more thankful for everybody who's uh, coming down there, and we're looking forward to seeing everybody. If you're coming to the event and you're listening to this podcast, I'm always there uh, all over the place. I teach some classes, and then I'm out in the front a lot, and I'm pretty easy to track down. Please uh, come up and introduce yourself and talk to me, and if you have some questions that you want me to cover on this podcast, I'd be happy to do that. It's always uh, really, really rewarding for me to uh, hear that people actually listen to this and that they're getting something out of it. So uh, please track me down. I'd love to talk to everybody who uh, is, is spending any time listening to this, and I'm happy for any uh, feedback, good or bad bad stuff just makes me get any better so happy to see everybody down there and i'm really looking forward to it should be a a really good time today i just wanted to go over um, a question that i got a while back on email and i've gotten the question a couple of times and i meant to do this show a while back and i just had not gotten around to it so i'm going to crank this out today Um, it's not gonna be the longest show because it's a topic that's fairly straightforward but the more i talk to people i think the more there are some concepts that i think people aren't really sure about the best way to do it. So I'm going to go over the best way, I think, uh, to proof your dogs off of non-target odors. So when we're talking about proofing, you know, the first thing, you know, what is proofing? Basically, I would say proofing is exposing your dog to a non-target odor and extinguishing any unwanted or untrained responses that the dog would have. So proofing is obviously very important, and it shouldn't be something that you just do once in a while. I would say on every training day, you should have some um, unintended odors for your dog to, to be taken by just to keep them on track that they're only hitting the target odors that you've trained them on. And obviously the real common ones that we proof on are say the you know wrapping or, or packaging material for drugs, um, the gloves that we should all be using to handle our training aids. I hope everybody uses gloves when they handle their training aids. So, you know, get a, a box of gloves that's never been around any of your aids sometime and throw out a handful of the gloves in the search area. That's a good one. I use a lot of, uh, if you've listened to my uh, motivating detector dog class, I use a lot of cotton balls and stickers. So I need to put out clean cotton balls on a regular basis just to make sure my dog has not learned the scent of cotton balls as opposed to cotton balls that have the odor on them. So proofing should be done on a very regular basis. I would say the best guideline I would have to be every time you train you should have some type of orders out in your training area that your dog is being exposed to 
and is is if again challenge your dog so if you think he's going to be tempted by you know a, a bag of his own food you know hidden into a box near you know the drug odors or the bomb odors put that out there and make sure you're challenging your dog during training so that way if you're finding it on the street it's not that big of a deal tennis balls laying around visible and not visible those are a good one any type of odor that is going to test your dog is good it's fair game and the more you you expose your dog to the you know very very tempting odors the easier it's going to be for him to to pass just a novel odor so as an example one time i took a rag i wanted to do some type of of odor in a room and i hadn't brought anything from my car so i actually just grabbed from a there was a uh, cleaning cart so i took a rag out the cleaning cart and i sprayed every chemical that they had on the cleaning cart windex and clorox and you name it soaked the rag real good threw it in a drawer most all of the bomb dogs i was training with went through the area and it was in a desk drawer where it is somewhere where we do actually do hides a lot went into the desk went by the desk drawer most of the dogs would sniff it investigate it for a second and then move on uh, very few of them actually went to any type of final response on it because we do so much of it it was like here's a real strong odor but it's not one of my odors so when you do something like that give the dog time enough to uh, investigate the odor and if he once he's investigated it and he moves on then that's it sometimes when we've set up those scenarios one of the biggest mistakes i've seen is that then we want to take the dog back by it three and four times just to prove to ourselves that, he, yeah, he really didn't hit it. Well, if he's investigated it once, good, and uh, just let him move on. If you start over-presenting it, then pretty soon the dog's going to say, well, you're interested in this, and it's a strong odor, so I'm going to be interested in it. So that's a real, real common thing I see people do. Once they've checked it once, moved on, then just keep them out of that area. Don't, don't start tempting them into failure. But if the dog goes to that odor, whatever odor you've set up, and say he goes to a final, the way that I, I like to set up all of my training aids when I'm training and the way that I set up diversions or distractions when I'm proofing is everything should be done with intent. So what I mean is that when I set out a training aid, I hate getting in the habit, and I see people do it sometimes, where they just simply want to say, you know, I need some training records for my drug dog or my bomb dog. So I'm going to take my drug dog odors, the three, four, five odors, however many he's on, and I'm going to go set them all out in, in these three or four rooms in this school, throw them all in different desk drawers, and then I can, I'll have a training record that says I did meth, heroin, cocaine, and ecstasy today, so I'm good. But that's not really training. That's just trying to produce a training sheet. And exposing your dog to the odors is obviously is obviously always good and rewarding him for those odors is good but if you're going through all that trouble then put something behind it and, and figure out how how do i move from good to making my dog better every time i do this so when i first start training new handlers i tell them that when an aid is placed it's placed with some type of intent so it's either because it's a an aid that is hard to find you know it's too high it's too low it's behind some stuff, but one way or another, there's some intent behind it. And when the aid is set out there, then I will ask the, the handler, if, if it's the first time I've had them set aids, I'll ask them, you know, why did you put it here? And I start from the very beginning uh, to get that mindset in handlers I train that every time an aid is set down, there's a reason behind it. 
So an example would be if I have a training group and I'm training four or five uh, dogs and maybe one of them doesn't like to get up on counters and check top cabinets, then I'm going to have a couple of aides out there that day and we're all going to work on getting the dog up on counters, being comfortable on a slick counter, checking top cabinets if they're not tall enough to, to reach it. You know, a lot of the, the shepherds and Malinois can stretch and do that, but a lot of the smaller sporting dogs can't. So um, I want to make sure that the dogs are able to check all the high cabinets and walk over, you know, the junk that's on counters and stuff. So if I have one dog in my training group that is weak on that, then that day I'm going to set out several aides that are going to be up there for, and it might only be for that one dog, but everybody in the training group is going to do it. So there's a reason why I've set those hides out. And I try to do that with every single placement of a hide that I do. I want to have some type of purpose behind it. Even if it's not working on a problem, it's just maybe working on something we haven't worked on for a little bit, just to make all the dogs get a little bit better. And I take that same philosophy in when I'm doing proofing odors. So I'll pick an odor that I think the dog might need help on. So for instance, I, as I said, I have to do a lot, in co- lot of cotton balls with my dogs because I use cotton balls for uh, trace amounts of odors. So I have to make sure I keep using clean cotton balls in areas and if I don't do it for a short period of time, my dogs will start hitting on cotton balls. And I know it, so it's up to me to make sure that I'm using a lot of cotton balls, my clean cotton balls, in my proofing regime. So when I set those up, I'm going to set those in an area where it's going to be an area that for sure that's an easy place for the dog to, to check very well. It'll be in a package on the floor in a you know either a box or in a a backpack or be in a desk drawer somewhere where the dog is attenuated to checking a lot trash cans places that i have my bomb dog check religiously and then i'll put out a package of of clean cotton balls i've just got from the store i know there's no contaminated odor on there if i haven't done it for a while a lot of times my dog will either show strong interest or if i haven't done it for too long then the dog, or, or long, you know, haven't done enough of them re- recently, then the, it's not uncommon every once in a while that my dog will go to a final response over those cotton balls. So what I do, though, is whenever a dog has hit a non-productive odor, so I'm not going to use the word a bad odor or a wrong odor. It should be a non-productive odor, an odor that's not going to produce the result for him where he is rewarded with whatever his reward is. So whenever that dog hits a non-productive odor that is either in the area that I've put out there or sometimes when we're training, we've all seen it, where for some reason the dogs start hitting on different things. You know, a common, another common one is uh, magic markers because uh, a lot of times we write what the training aid is on the plastic outside it with a magic marker. So if you take some caps off a magic marker or if you write on a piece of paper with a magic marker, it's not uncommon for dogs to start hitting on those. So if we come across any of that and the dog actually does a final response on a non-target odor, I see a lot of people then give the dog a correction, tell him no. And I think that's not the way to do it. I think that that could make for a lazy dog where they're going to try lots of odors. If you tell me no, 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 and then I hit my target odor and you don't say no, well, then I know I'm in the right one. So when I set out my training aids, like I said, I do that with an intent. When I set out my distracted aids, my distracted, my proofing aids, I do that with an intent. And I'd like to set those up in a room where the dog's going to pass the proofing odor first. 
And then if the dog does go to a final response, what I strongly suggest you do is nothing. Wait the dog out. The dog will maybe keep, you know, trying to convince himself, might look at you, like to get information from you. Am I right? Am I wrong? Completely ignore the dog. Once the dog gets up from that, because at some point he's going to be bored. Nothing's happening here. You're not saying anything. I'm smelling this odor. I think it's a good odor, but nothing's happening. If I go over there and I interject myself, the dogs learn nothing other than that I will tell him when he's right or wrong. But if I have the patience to wait him out, and when the dog sits there for a little bit and he finally gets up and he walks away from it, then I'm going to very gently point to where the area is of the hide that I've set out with a productive odor in it. As soon as the dog leaves the non-productive odor, I'm going to say, come here, check this. And the dog will go straight to the place that I'm sending him to. On the sniff, I'm going to pay him with a productive, uh, with his, I'm going to pay the productive odor with his reward, play it up real good, and then I'm going to get out of that room. I'm not going to take him back to the non-productive odor again. I'm not going to keep tempting him. Once he's learned, you know, that didn't get me anything. I, then I get, did get paid for a good odor. Then I'm done with that room. I'll close the door behind me. We'll go down. We'll keep training in other places. But I'm done with it. Again, I see handlers where then they want to take the dog back to the non-productive odor where it hasn't had time to sink into the dog. So all I will do is notate on my training records that he did go to a final response on the cotton balls. Um, I extinguished it tonight, and then the next few times that I train, cotton balls are going to be out again. He's going to see those several times in the next couple weeks until every time he sniffs them, then he just maybe halfway investigates it, and, oh, yeah, that doesn't get me anything, and then they move on. So you can't, some of these things, if it's very ingrained in the dog, and so I've had a few things, even with my own dogs, where the dogs hit it with authority, sniffed it, stayed with it, and, I mean, if we're honest, and we've done this for a long time, we've all experienced that, and the dogs really have learned an odor that we unintended them to learn, then it's waiting them out and exposing them to it over several training days. And I do not like to interject myself in that. I'll let the dog self-extinguish that, like nothing good's happening here. I'm going to get up and walk away. The more times that we tell them no and, and give them a leash correction and all that, the more times they're gonna, you're going to build in that lazy dog where he'll start sitting on everything and wait for you to tell him, am I right? Am I wrong? And then they'll try the next odor. So I want them to be more independent than, than my telling them what to hit. So that's the, the basic way that I do it. So I'll set it out with some, you know, I'll pick the odors. I'll set it out with some type of intent where it's going to be in the room. And I'll have a, an associated um, good odor somewhere in the room that I can then reward the dog by, felt, by getting the right odor going to it. And you can do it with cars. You can do it out... You know, we'll, I'll do it in, uh, if I'm doing a gun search out in a yard, I'll purposely, you know, know that there's maybe, I'll go to a park and I'll watch where people are walking their dogs around and I'll wait till three and four dogs have peed on a tree. And then I'll put a gun, you know, 20, 30 yards away from that in a bush. When the dogs stop and they start investigating the dog odor, let them work themselves out of it. Then when they go to the bush, I'll, you know, as soon as they leave the dog odor, I'll say, come and check here. And then all of a sudden they realize, hey, there's something more fun here than the dog odor. I found a gun. Now we're playing. But I don't, I'm not big on the corrections on um, distracted odors either. So a distraction odor can be anything, and especially the animal odors. And I think the more times when dogs are not in drive and they're, you know, even if we're trying to do a search, 
when your dog is not in drive, so he's out there, he's walking around, he's not near target odor, been doing it for quite a while, and the dog stops and investigates animal odor, a lot of times my answer to that is let the dog do that for a second and then gently move him on. The times I see people start jerking the dog around every time the dog goes to investigate animal odor, those handlers are forgetting that this is a dog and they're out in the wild and they're going to smell animal odor. They're going to do it. I'll see people who will give their dog corrections every time their dogs go to investigate animal odor when they're on a search and the dog is out of drive instead of trying to put the dog back into drive, like start motivating them to get back in drive. Then you don't have to correct them off the animal odor. But what I see is when they do that, then when they go into like a drug house where there's a lot of animal odor in the basement from the dogs that are running around down there, the dogs won't search at all because the animal odor has got such a negative connotation to it that the dog smells the animal odor and says, well, I'm going to shut down because every time I smell this, you start jerking me around. So again, proofing could be either distractions and diversions you set up in your training area, or it could just be a distraction that you come by naturally and most of those times, my answer is is to kind of wait the dog out and then turn around and take him to a productive odor, much more than trying to, to correct him off non-productive odors. Hopefully, that gives you just some ideas. It's Like I said, it's um, kind of a quick episode, but it should be, uh, for proofing, I think it's just real simple. And But I think it's very necessary. If you have uh, questions on this, you can always email me jeff at hitsk9.net and i'd be happy to kind of go deeper in the woods on it but i think it's kind of a straightforward thing when you listen to it and i think uh, uh it should be it should be something that you at, that you are actively doing in every one of your um, training days so hopefully this helps a little bit and i'm looking forward to seeing everybody at uh, hits here in about a week and a half if uh, you have any questions on hits you can go to hitsk9.net has all the hotel information. Again, we've got a bunch of uh, vendors there, uh, lots of great vendors, lots of people coming. Hitsk9.net will get you all the information. We'll be releasing our information for Hits 2023 very soon. If you're not going to be able to make it this year, you'll have all that information here very soon where we're going to be at next year, and you can start planning uh, next year uh, if if you're not able to go this year. So again, this is Jeff Meyer. I appreciate you all listening. And uh, anything I can do for you, just email me at hits, uh, jeff at hitsk9.net. Thanks. Be safe out there.